Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Sorry, that's just the response of every Colts fan watching the game over the weekend. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Holy cow, 833-GOT-TONY, that is the number. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. Jaguars 26, Colts 11, it was win and in. And then Pittsburgh won. And then the Colts were out of the playoffs. And it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. It was it was a humiliating loss. The way they played, how they got outplayed. Can't can't be denied, can it? Can you even pretend? Producer already lost 300 bucks on that game. No, I actually bet on the Jaguars. Did you really? I put 5 bucks on them cuz I'm like crazier things have happened. So how much did, what did your 5 bucks get you? Uh, I think I won like 20 bucks. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. That is 20 bucks to take on the big vacation. If you don't know, producer Ari uh, got married and is finally going on the honeymoon. Uh, so he'll be gone. Sam Fritz will be sitting in for him. Some other people, who knows? It takes more than one person to replace producer Ari. Many. That that game, I, I actually got to watch uh, some of it. Um, that nice. was terrible. That was ugly, sinful play. And it's so weird to watch a team with everything on the line come out and act like they don't care. Now, I don't think that's possible. I, I always, when, when people say, like, they, 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 they were uninspired, they didn't care, I, I find that weird. To, to think that to a person on that team, none of them cared, would be crazy. But holy cow, that was, that was ugly. You know, it's like there's a moment and you got to meet the moment, and they were like, nah. It's actually quite a weird phenomenon in the NFL where teams with nothing to lose always end up being the teams with the pressure. Yeah, but you're talking about the Jaguars in this case, and what they had to prove is that they were still a team. Remember, they don't they don't even have a coach. They've got nothing going on, and they beat the snot out of a team that was supposed to be unstoppable until two weeks ago when they lost to the Raiders. No pressure. Teams play better when they're loose. Ah, no, 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 no. Nonsense garbage. It's not nonsense garbage. No, I'm saying that this team had a destructive running game. They had a fantastic defense. They were certainly looking loose. No one talked about them being tight. All of a sudden, they realize if they win, they're in, and they're like, oh, we don't want it. They, 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 they kneecap themselves. That's a, that's a take, son. No, I'm saying the Jaguar, the Colts, you know, teams in the NFL in must-win games almost always end up losing somehow. It's a Except, weird phenomenon. Except, of course, when they're the, the, the Patriots. Uh, that's, that's their anomaly. Oh, well, anomaly, good coaching, whatever the case may be. Eh, one or the other. Ugly. Ugly. And, of course, the, the, the big story here isn't even in the Colts. It's, it's the fact that it's Alabama and, and Georgia. And, and how could we allow – or is it Georgia and Alabama? I, I just don't want to get in trouble. Uh, so we'll say it both ways. The real question here, Producer Ari, is what is the bet? What are we putting on this game, and are we even betting on it? Because, uh, look, I couldn't do, I couldn't fill a thimble 
on college football. It'll be much different next year because I said I am t- I am taking this year to teach myself everything I need to know, everything I can find out about sports in the sports world and, and, and how to engage in it. And the reason is these sports guys are coming into my world. These sports guys keep walking in to uh, the, the, the political world and they know that you want to talk about embarrassing. Embarrassing! These guys, with their hot takes and their pseudo-intellectualism and never once having, I don't know, read a book, it's embarrassing. It's not all of them. It's far too many of them that just want to make some snide comment about the Second Amendment. They don't know crap one about guns. These are the people who think AR stands for assault rifle. Oh, can't stand it. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm in. I'm going the other way with it. Now, there's actually a, a subject that I really do want to get into with it. And I'll, I'll do that at another time. But you've got Georgia, Alabama. Is it Alabama, Georgia? Uh, championship game. Crazy, crazy, crazy money that has been spent inside uh, Indianapolis. What was it? Over $150 million? Is that what they think the economic impact's going to be? Just huge. Just absolutely positively gigantic but the 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 story is is that they they brought in a series of of potential uh conventions so the guys over there at visit indy and and uh what what's the indiana sports corp all, all of them they, they they said hey you're thinking about you having uh your next convention indy come on down Come on down. Come to the game. We'll take you to the game. Come to the game. And all these people are like, well, yes, please. They're being courted, and this is how you court them. And so uh, the, the, the senior vice president of Visit Indy is Chris Gall, who's a good dude. Good, good dude. So his, his, his comment was that there are eight meeting decision makers from across the United States. They're coming to the game. They're going to see the city, how it works. They're going to walk the convention center, see how the hotels are connected so that it doesn't matter what's going on outside, meaning it doesn't matter if it's cold out. Hotel to convention center to restaurants and everything's indoors and you're super set. See how easy it is? It would mean $400 million in new business. That's That's huge. And the other number that I thought was stunning was that, uh, uh, and you can find this story at InsideIndianaBusiness.com, according to Chris Gall from Visit Indy, Indianapolis is about 85% recovered in terms of uh, tourism. Now, does that mean convention business or overall tourism? Because that number is stunning. 85%? That's huge. Way bigger than I thought it would be. You know, I... I have spoken uh, very, very clearly, and, 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 I, and I only hope uh, properly, passionately, regarding Indianapolis's future, uh, to which, you know, when it comes to elected officials, uh, they, they wouldn't, they'd have no idea what the future is. If it wasn't for guys like Chris Gall, wasn't for guys like Ryan Vaughn, um, wasn't for a lot of other uh, key players who are unelected, this city would have no future. No part of the future has come from uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett or the Indianapolis City County Council. Zero future has come from those groups of failures. 
people who are more interested in wokeness than they are in leadership and people who have no vision Th their vision i i swear to you is let's do a purple line i cannot wait to see the numbers of all the people who went on the red line you know that electric bus nonsense who took the red line in order to get to this championship game Wait till you find out it's seven and a half people. Seven and a half people. That's, that's my guess. The red line doesn't work. The red line's a disaster. Everybody who lives in Indianapolis knows it's a, it's a warning. It's a warning to people in other uh, parts of, of Indiana. You, Fort Wayne people, Gary, don't let them do this to you. Don't let them sell you on electric buses. I tried to warn them. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. The problem is it's our city too, and, and, and we suffer. Redline has not encouraged one bit of convention business. Hasn't encouraged one bit of economic growth. Oh, Tony, that's because of COVID. It's because nobody wants it. No one wants it. That's the real story. What they want is convention business. Now, my argument has been, and I, I, I would make this argument to Chris Gall and make this argument to Ryan Vaughn. And, and remember, they, they play different parts, but, but I would still make this, this argument respectfully that being a, um, a place for conventions is extremely important. I, I don't disagree. 400 million in new business is, is real stuff. And that's maybe not in one year and it's spread out over a couple years, however it goes. And having the national championship here, and of course having uh, had uh, the NCAA and was the, yes the NCAA championship here, and we had to move the the NBA All Star game, but that was scheduled to be here too. Uh, it, it it proves that uh, that Indianapolis can handle really anything. What has to happen is there have to be more reasons for the people of Indianapolis, the people of Central Indiana, the people of Indiana to come to Indianapolis. It cannot just be a bar and restaurant scene. It's why I have been pushing for the last years for a performing arts center. We need museums downtown. It's why we helped raise money for the Vonnegut Museum. You need arts and culture so you can have families come and experience that. And instead of having to go to a bar and buy a beer or two for the money to come in, they bought their ticket for the museum and then they went out for ice cream. Because it was a more family-friendly thing to do. Indianapolis can easily be family-friendly from 9 to 5. And then be party-on from 5 to 9. I don't see anything wrong with that whatsoever. There's really nothing wrong with that at all. But we aren't family-friendly enough. I'm not talking about being G-rated. I'm talking about the idea that you got to have things that people can do with their kids. And and with all due respect to the Idol Yorg, uh, that ain't it. That is not the museum. That is that is a great piece of real estate, and is just not the museum that's going to move people to downtown. 
I would say, you know, new fields, of course, will, but they've gone all sorts of ridiculous woke. And, you know, I, I left new fields. I left new fields. I, 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 you know how much I love art? Crazy. I, I, I can't be a member anymore. It's really sad. They decided to go full on woke. And I, I, it's hard to support it. Maybe I'll end up going back. Maybe they'll see the error of their ways. But right now, uh, I, I, I couldn't do it. But I'd absolutely favor more museums downtown, and it should be there should be a fair amount of what? Sports museums. You know, I know they talk about the Ursay Museum and, and his whole collection, which would be great. I I'd certainly would love to see it. But there should be a sports museum. There, there should be a, a museum of, of photography, sports photography. This is the town for it. Of course there should. You should take the uh what was the name of the of the of the thing there right you know the the big mall and and in the the corner the 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 anchor is out was it connor not connor what was the name of it producer Ari? i have no idea what you're talking you know about what i'm talking about it was the department store at the mall and it's out i don't and i don't know man it that whole spot that whole spot would make a, a, a perfect, uh, even on just the first floor, perfect sports museum. I was going to say Connor Prairie. It's not Connor Prairie. It's, uh, I, oh, God. Uh, it, it, uh, I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to get yelled at for forgetting. I know I am. Like, that's, you got to change the things around. You got to give people reason to come downtown. These things, as I see it, should have already happened. How many years are you going to let a building go completely empty and say to yourself, and not say to yourself, hey, we should put something in here? If I were to look downtown right now, is there a single art exhibition? If I were to look downtown, did the city, now I'm not talking about what Visit Indy did, I'm talking about the city. Did the city reach out to Georgia and Alabama-based artists and say, hey, We'd like to put your stuff up for the week. Did they? Did they go to any sports artists or, or, or sports photographers and say, hey, we'd like to showcase your art? Would have been very helpful. Would have looked good. Would have filled up some, some empty spots in Indy. And there are some empty spots in Indy. No vision. Not even for the short term. Not even for the long term, I should say. But the short term, none. Zero. Now there are some pop-up shops and things like that, but that's really that that's not the city. That's 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 the Visit Indy guys, that's the uh, Indy Sports Corp guys and great work there. But you got to have it. 150 million dollars worth of economic impact. Why couldn't we have turned that into 200 million? I'm not scoffing at what we've got. I'm asking where the where the thought process is in building forward. And not just this weekend, not every weekend, in every opportunity. Producer Ari, are we betting on this game? I, I think you have to. All right, we'll get to the bet. We will get to the bet that's coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Bob Saget, dead at the age of 65, just gutted. Norm and then Bob Saget, gutted. Absolutely, positively. The, the, the Saget story, 
of this guy who was this, you know, family man on on uh, Full House and, you know, the, the, the perfect dad, dad tanner and everything else. He was a filthy, abusive, hilarious comic. And that he played this family guy is just part of the part of the hilarity. But the the real story of Saget, never mind just the aristocrat joke, is that he's one of the guys that you if, if you followed comedy at all, you heard was one of the greats, was spectacular, decent in how he treated other comics, helpful in how he treated other comics, himself incredibly funny, and as an outsider looking in, remember, I was never a comic. So I'm, I'm an outsider looking in. That's one of the guys I wanted to talk to. Norm MacDonald was one of the guys I wanted to talk to because they, I mean, they, they had levels of success. Don't get me wrong. And I would say that Saget, especially with doing America's Funniest Home Video, he was a great host and he made, he, he must have made some good money. But I don't know if you put him in the, in the pantheon with Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle and Jerry Seinfeld. But what was it? What was that like? Like you, you. He's one of the guys where, as an outsider, you wish you had just been in the room for ten minutes of riffing with some other comics. You know, and 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 you you all, you think of yourself in a way that you could envision yourself there. You wanted to be there, and when you watched a roast on Comedy Central, you saw another story, or or or, or you heard a podcast, or 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 or, or a documentary, you were there. You you saw yourself there in in the room and 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 doing that with him and so he, for me, one of those cats that you're like damn, like like I I, I if I could have only just been right there and I could envision myself being right there and Norm and those things and sixty five he he had just embarked on a tour he was he was going around I think he had like twenty cities. That he was doing, and and, and you know that that uh, he was going to sell it out. He well, he may not have been selling out arenas, but you know that he was going to sell out two hundred, three hundred seats any, anywhere he was. I assume Bob Saget was was easily selling out a thousand seats anytime he wanted to. That that would be my assumption. Anytime he wanted to, a thousand seats, no question. So just nuts. Just nuts that he's dead. And some people are already screaming, was it COVID? Was he vaccinated? Dude, don't. I'm not I'm not going down that road. I want no part of that road. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll let you people be crazy. In the meantime, I wish his family well. Awful story. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. I'm trying to trying to understand whether or not this video is legit oh this is a different video there's this video out regarding uh rachel walensky where i'm like man i wasn't 100 sure that was that was legit like i didn't know if i was being deep faked on it but but this one 
this one I'm, I'm, well, I'm positive about the CDC director talking to Wolf Blitzer. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fa- uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings. Masks don't stop COVID. Stop that. But now we're admitting that vaccines don't prevent transmission, something we've known and have been talking about for for over a year. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I forgot if I said hello, I figured I'd do it again. So now we can say it out loud that vaccines don't prevent trans, don't prevent transmission. Something that if you'd said that just the other day would get you thrown off of Twitter. This is nuts. I there's you want to know why uh, uh, Justice Sotomayor or or Stephen Breyer they don't know what the hell they're talking about regarding COVID. Sotomayor said that there were a hundred thousand kids with COVID on ventilators in hospitals. No, there's not. There's thirty five hundred kids, and they're not all on ventilators. She got it wrong by ninety six point five percent. And then, holy crap, Justice Breyer is like, hey there, uh, Justice Sotomayor, why don't you hold my gavel? But my question really is, what I'd like to turn this to, is uh, stay. You heard what I asked. I mean, you know, 750 million new cases yesterday, or close to that, is uh, a lot. I don't mean to be facetious. That's why I said I would... 750 million people? There are 330 million people in the United States. What the hell is the justice talking about? Oh, it's frustrating. It's gross. Where do these people get their data? CNN? Well, it must be because CNN, amongst others like the people at The View... They're the ones who were telling you that, oh, stop it. The vaccine stops transmission. Why would you say it doesn't? Oh, you're lying. Oh, you're watching too much Fox News. This is obscene. This is obscene. It should be clear. The conservatives were correct again. Again. But this was the one where, you know, I was saying that, I, you know, I, I had seen this video. I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is if this is right. I had promised myself I wasn't going to come back to this, but I, I don't have a choice. This is so. This is so damning and damaging. This is so awful and hateful. This is everything that we have discussed. Everything we have discussed on this show, I want to make sure we all understand. Tony Katz, like Marcellus Wallace, was right. And all of the pseudo-intellectual so-called journalist jackholes throughout Indianapolis and throughout the country who wanted to come at me and wanted to attack me and wanted to try and destroy me, they don't know a holy damn thing and they never, ever, ever did. I need you to keep your hands on 10 and 2. 
This is Rachel Walensky. I'm telling you, when I first saw this video, I said, no way. Deep fake. No way this is real. It's real. It's real. This is Dr. Walensky, head of the CDC, on Good Morning America. Play it for you right now. Over 75% occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell. To can, can we take a breath and hear that again, Dr. Walensky? That would be great. Thank you. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. The overwhelming... What did I say? What did I say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I apologize. I apologize. I'm not yelling at you. Not yelling at you. You're yelling at your radio because you are yelling that this actually got said by Rachel Walensky exactly what we've been talking about for months. There's a difference between dying of COVID and dying with COVID. And wait till we see all the people who had comorbidities. Wait till we see all of the people who had comorbidities. I had gotten this tweet. You know, the people who are talking about comorbidities don't seem to be bothered that people are still dying. Yeah, because these people are going to die. You know how I know this? I've got the CDC director on my side. Number of deaths over 75% occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. They were going to die anyway. That may be harsh for some people, but it is indeed factual. They were obese. They had hypertension. They had some level of diabetes. They had this. They had that. They had cancer. They had who knows what. They didn't die of COVID. They died with COVID, just like we've seen from the hospital admissions now in New York. They're not coming in with COVID exclusively. They did the hospitals 50%. They had 5,000 some odd admissions. 50% actually had COVID, and that's the reason they came to the hospital. The other people came to hospitals for other issues and then got diagnosed with COVID. There's a difference. And the difference is 50%. That's a 50% healthier population than you would think, but they still may have some other issues that bring them to a hospital. 75% of COVID deaths occurred in people that had at least four comorbidities. If you tell me 800,000 people died of COVID, I'm going to tell you no, that number's 200,000. That's the new number, 200,000. Fight me. Oh, the pseudo-intellectual set of Indianapolis? Come on. Let's see if you can follow data. You scaremongering. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to do it. But you get how angering this is. I'm with you. The way they have talked about it, the way they've gone over it, it's disgusting. The lies that they told, despicable, hateful, and purposeful. And I would say to you as clear as day, we have the right to be angry. Holy cow do we have the right to be pretty you know what to be pretty po'd because we knew this stuff 
we were talking about this stuff and they called us every name in the book and they called us hateful and they called us uh, anti-science and, and they called us deniers. Dr. Christina Box is the state health director. State health director, state of Indiana. She has COVID for the second time. She wears a mask everywhere. She's vaccinated and boosted. Maybe it doesn't work. Now, I believe, like, doctors, and, you know, because doctors have explained it to me, and because I talk to them about what it is that they're seeing and experiencing, that the COVID vaccine works on COVID. What the COVID vaccine does not work on is Omicron. Now let's get into why. The honest conversation that you won't hear anywhere else in Indianapolis because the Indianapolis media, this apparatchik, they will only do what they are told and not a one of them will ask a question. And sometimes I feel very bad for some of these on-air hosts because they don't get a say in what gets said. So you got to understand that it's the producers out there who are just awful and political, and biased, and gross, and hateful. I do not come to praise Caesar. I come to bury him and anybody associated with him. So the vaccine was built for a purpose. And whether you're anti-vax or not, I mean, that, that's on you. I'm anti-mandate. I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-mandate. All mandates are wrong. Mandated boosters are wrong. Mandated masks are wrong. It's just, it's just all wrong. So we understand each other. It is wrong. Um, the, uh, the, what's the best word I want to use for it? What is the best way I want to say it? The vaccine was created for SARS-CoV-2. The vaccine happened to work against Delta. But Omicron has 50 different mutations. Based on the last reporting, 50 different mutations. It is a different virus. It may come from the same family tree, but it is a different virus and one that the vaccine from Moderna and from Pfizer, from Johnson & Johnson, was not built to handle. How could it have been? It didn't exist. How could it have been built to handle Omicron when there was no Omicron? It is a variant. So why are we pushing a vaccine on a variant that it wasn't built for? Wouldn't we be at that moment taking a medicine and prescribing it off-label? It's exactly what they said about hydroxychloroquine. It's what they say about ivermectin. That's what's happening with the vaccine right now regarding Omicron. It is off-label. Because it was not built for that. It was not built for Omicron. It was not built for that variant and all those mutations. 
So why would we still tell people to get vaccinated and get boosted and get masked for a variant that it doesn't have any effect on? Masks have no effect because we are talking about something that is aerosolized and not droplets. Masks work on, you know, masks stop something. Well, of course they do. And they certainly work on the flu. Even though you have more people who have the flu, you have less people in masks. So when people decide to wear a mask in this weekend, I will tell you, I saw more people in masks than, than I have in the last year. But that's on them. I don't care if someone decides to wear a mask. When this first broke, one of the things we said right here on this show was maybe you'll see America go more in that Asian style and they'll wear a mask when they're not feeling well. And I said, it's fine by me. Still is. I see someone in a mask, doesn't bother me at all. Sometimes I see someone running outside in a mask and I'm like, okay, that's awkward. They're just running by themselves, no one around them. Okay, I think that's weird. But it could just be something to get used to. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Force mask wearing is, of course, a sin. And what we're doing to kids is awful. Parents, double and redouble your measures. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Don't stop fighting. Fight every day. Mornings, afternoons, evenings, weekends, holidays, all of it. Fight till you get your kids out of those masks. Because they don't do anything. You know how I know this? State health director wears a mask. He's got all the vaccines, still get COVID. Game over. Game over, and there is not a superintendent in Indiana, never mind anywhere else in the country, who can fight that argument because it is complete. Nor is there anybody who can fight the argument that the CDC and the powers that be lied about COVID deaths to try and scare Americans. You'll notice that after Biden got elected, CNN stopped running their daily count of the dead. More people dead under Biden than under Trump. They don't care. They don't care what they've done to us either, which is, even though I want to get upset, I remind myself and I bring myself down because I know how upset you are. And I don't ever want you to think I'm more upset than you. I at least get the luxury of this microphone to be able to vent. When you have to keep it in and you got to keep it in at work and all the family reunion and the holidays. Oh my gosh. Baby, this is why why the Lord made bourbon. Please drink responsibly. Four comorbidities? Exactly what we said. Wait till we find out the number of comorbidities that people have. 800,000 people haven't died of COVID. 200,000 people died of COVID. And 600,000 people died with COVID. That seems to be far more honest. Honesty matters. If we can't get it from our elected officials, if we can't get it from the administration folk or from the institutions, the very least we could do is trust each other. And maybe that's the most important part. I'm Tony Katz. Jesse Waters gets the 7 p.m. slot. Wow, wow, wow. Unless that's a fake press release that I don't think it is. There has been big speculation over who would get the 7 p.m. show over at Fox when they made the moves all the way around. And it's Jesse Waters, man. Congratulations to him. Never met him. Never met him. 
Seems seems like a nice enough guy. I mean, built himself out huge. You know, being the guy who was doing the stuff for Bill O'Reilly. And then into the five and the other things. And now a permanent host of the Fox News 7 p.m. hour and will remain a co-host of the five. So good for him. Just crushing it right there. Uh, I will have more on uh, a a couple of things, uh, including whether or not people are going to really start responding negatively to now the clear lies they've been told about COVID in so many ways. So many ways. Uh, And then then, uh, continuing on this conversation about what's going on in Indiana, interesting story from NWI.com about how the revenues are so big in the state that there may be a conversation about a fuel tax cut. Am I to believe that Hoosier Republicans would cut fuel taxes? No way. No way. I don't believe it, but we'll get into it. And uh, and to mock, go knock them dead. Best of luck to you. You'll be missed. This is Tony Katz today. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.